How to Create a Glitch Monologue Season 33 Chapter 3 This is Season 33 of How to Create a Glitch in the Matrix Monologues Episode 3. In this episode, we will be applying the principles of this podcast to the international order. To start off, I would like to respond to what I believe is a criticism to my thoughts on the operation of the court system. To summarize, the court system in Western, or democratic countries, was understood to act pursuant to the consent of all participants. That is to say, to the extent the parties consent to the process, the product of that dialogue and decision of the arbiter of that tribunal is creating a conjoined consensuality out of dissonant spaces. The idea was, in the absence of that consent, a non-consensual order is imposed. Now, the frequent criticism which arises out of this position is that, no, even in that case, it is a consensual reality, because it is the consequence of the consent of the parties to the process, or pursuant to the social contract between citizens and the state. In response, I explained in our episode on the social economy, how the removal of privileges pursuant to a social contract, that is, a divisive expectation contract, abrogates the contract. Which is to say, that when new terms are added to the contract unilaterally, a social contract is no longer an expression of the consent of both participants precisely because it is a new and fundamentally different contract. This imposition, arising through the coercive measures created by a power imbalance, represents the voiding of the consent of the parties to that contract. Now, I am not saying that just because you disagree with the decision of some tribunal you can revoke your consent. What I am saying is that when there is a fundamental change in the nature of the contract, imposed unilaterally by someone with greater bargaining power, it undermines the consensual nature of the exchange. So yes, I stand by our original point that when a consensual decision is impossible, the state is imposing a non-consensual one. Another point that must be made is the following. Any court system is fundamentally a vehicle for the progression of a particular worldview held by its arbiters. No amount of legalese can correct the unconscious biases of its adherents. The accompanying principles by which the exercise of power is limited are mere illusion if the ability of the average citizen to challenge that authority is seriously circumscribed. Court systems are generally, at least in many common law countries, unelected bodies. They have the power to overturn the legislation of elected bodies despite this fundamental issue. Likewise, whether these arbiters are elected by some elected body or directly by the populace matters. We are all individuals, I do not expect anyone to consent in my place if I wish to engage in a consensual sexual interaction, nor should we suppose that elected individuals can consent to our participation in the social contract. Ultimately, the problem of international politics is the same which troubles individuals. The creation of in-groups and out-groups through othering, expulsion, alienation and isolation. Human societies are fundamentally tribal. This tribalism reflects a way of thinking which is dualistic, arising out of the biological complements of our difference. The question becomes, are human beings capable of existing in a post-dualistic world? Is it possible to see things non-dialectically? Can we replace binary options with multiplicitous choices? I suppose the first question is, should we even want to? It is apparent that the creation of in-groups and out-groups is more fundamental than nationalism. 
Allegiances can form internationally or domestically. But so long as the human approach to issues is fundamentally dualistic, so too will dialectical narratives govern both macro and micro scale events. It can also be said that work must be done to maintain the fragmentation of in groups and out groups as surely as other individuals try to form common ties. It may be said that the politics of the international order are intended to isolate as certainly as they are to fragment the agglomeration of power in blocks. For it is clear that when the international order is consolidated, we see formation of a dualistic rather than multiplicitous arrangements. In fact, although polarity is indeed balanced, it is also fundamentally exclusive. People are not arranged ideologically according to state lines. And thus the othering process continues within the bounds of the state. All of this is to say that international actors have an interest in consolidating their positions with common interests. But that consolidation is fundamentally anathema to a non binary system of international order. The problem again is othering, in groups and out groups. The problem begins in the schools, in the homes, in the families, in a way of thinking in terms of sameness and difference. I can hear the progressive perspective that liberalism is trying to move forward toward a non polar world where difference is celebrated as surely as sameness. But in that cry for peace, dualism creates an opposition of tradition against futurism. The original question remains Can mankind transition into a post dualistic world? Is that our fate, through the agency of technology, To cast off the physical biological complements of our bodies with their infirmities and in its place a body of steel and motor. Even then, there will be some who refuse. Even in the emancipation of our intellect from our body, is there a dialectical counter movement? No. Dualism is a fundamental property of this reality. It is encoded in the biological complements of the DNA of sex and so much else. The multiplicitous, Post dualistic exists to give us a glimpse of something more. It gives us something to strive for. The example, as many take their example in God, or in their heroes, or in saints. It is not attainable as a goal for every person, no matter what ends we take. There is no ambrosia which will elevate all people to post dualism, even the progress of precedent and affirmative responses. Some people will be left behind. And perhaps that is the point, isn't it? This world is disenfranchising, applying a policy of weeding out those who won't conform to this post dualistic world. Othering is being used to smear members of society who aren't ideologically pure. It is a fundamentally utopian vision. It is becoming a dystopia for some of us. There will always be those who will be different. For in difference, we see the generation of new ideas, new approaches, new concepts. New methods, and in the suppression of difference, comes stagnation. We are on the path to a dystopia, not a utopia. A place where conformity with a post dualistic status quo becomes a precondition for societal participation. It won't be a dystopia based upon race or creed, but one based upon the uniformity of experience. That's the end of the podcast for today. If you enjoyed it, please like, comment, and subscribe.